0: Listener. Production. Market. The S&P. The ISX Stocks. Motley Fool Money Stock of the Week.
1: G'day fools. Yep, it's Wednesday afternoon again. So welcome back to another Motley Fool Stock of the Week. This is the one time a week whether you're listening on our podcast or watching us on YouTube, you get to see behind the curtain, under the bonnet, insert your favourite metaphor here, we are going to share with you one Motley Fool buy recommendation that's current right now. Now, if you're a regular listener or viewer, you know that when I say right now, I mean right now. Here's my usual three disclaimers. The first is that we can and will change our minds from time to time on any of the companies we cover. So we're recording this one in the middle of September of 2021. If and when our views change on any of the companies we cover, we, of course, will change our minds. So if you are watching this any meaningful time after today, just bear that in mind. We try to bring you stocks we don't expect to have big sudden changes to recommendations, but please keep that top of mind. Second is we're long-term investors. We are looking for long-term outperformance. We have no idea what's gonna happen to the share price tomorrow or this week or this month or even this year. So keep that in mind. We're looking for long-term three to five years, maybe even more than that if we're lucky, of outperformance is what we're looking for. We're not giving you short-term forecasts. And lastly, as I always say, we give you general advice, not personal advice. If there are things you need to know about how it pertains to your situation, we can't help you with that. You need to see a licensed financial planner. We'll just give you our general advice, and that is that we think this company is a buyer. Without further ado, to tell us why and, frankly, what the company is, I'm going to welcome Drew Flowers. Good day, mate. How are you?
2: Not too bad, Scott. Thanks for having me again.
1: Pleasure, mate. Thank you for rejoining us. We, uh, we appreciate all of our analysts, but, uh, well, look, let's just say everyone's my favourite. Uh, mate, let's, uh, let's move into it. Um, the company you're going to cover is a business with I'm not going to say it's the worst name in in uh, in share market history. There's been plenty of bad ones. This one is Ike GPS. I K E GPS. It's a heck of a name. It's also a heck of a business. Tell us what it does.
2: Sure. Yes. I don't uh, don't love the name either, but um, <laughs> I, I don't focus too much on names or tickers. So true. Um, it's okay by me. It's uh, it's a New Zealand based company. It's dual listed on the ASX and the New Zealand Stock Exchange. But actually, mm-hmm. it operates. Um, almost exclusively in the US. I and mean, we've seen a few of these uh, New Zealand tech businesses actually do really well overseas, so this is kind of another one of those. What it does, um, utility poles or, or power poles, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. what this company does is it has products and services that capture these, like they take photos of them and they analyse them. And and why you want to do that is because um, people are putting telecommunications equipment on top of these power poles, and you want to make sure that they're still structurally sound and they don't fall over when you add more stuff to it or in heavy winds or because of bushfires and things like that. So it's um, utility companies in particular, utilities and telcos that are using these um, hardware and software to analyze these power poles. That's quite cool. So it's, it's, I, mean, I don't know if I have thought of anything more niche than uh, a business that sets itself up, hopefully
1: to make a lot of money for its shareholders, by uh, by, by photographing power poles. It's, uh, look, it's a reminder that we can find opportunities anywhere. Companies themselves find opportunities anywhere. I, I assume that businesses, I mean, I guess the utility companies could have been doing this for themselves. Is it a scale game? Why does GPS need to exist? Why don't the utility companies do it for themselves? Is it just simply that... You know, scale on the ground means you can do, you know, two, three, four, five different companies in the same square kilometre, so it just makes it more cost-effective. Is it, is it proprietary tech? What is it about our GPS that even allows them to survive given
2: what is relatively, well, very niche kind of operation? Yeah, that's kind of an interesting point, and, and we had a, a chat with another company last week that does um, a, a, a sort of an engineering technology business, and we had a chat. It was basically inertia, really, um, okay. I actually used to be a civil engineer and there's been a very, very slow change in the industry to doing things digitally. Right. And I think the most obvious thing that, that people know of is uh, computer-aided design. Look, AutoCAD's the big sort of weak mm-hmm. there, you know, the Autodesk product. And people could, yeah. instead of drawing, uh, you know, drawing a, what a, a gas plant looks like, what a road looks like, you can mm-hmm. now sketch it up in a, in a computer software. Right. And then... From that, you moved on to sort of these other niche software that do specific things. They might model how water flows down a road. They might, um, or you know, what happens when it spills over the banks, and that's kind of what I what I did before was this kind of flood modelling. And what you have here is before literally uh, engineers would go out and look at the pots and they would draw it up and they would take a picture of it and then they would get back in the office and they would file it away and you'd have, you know, 10,000, 15,000 right, of these. Right, right, This was surveyed on this day and it looked like this and it has, <laughs> yeah. you know, these small cells on it, whatever. And there's no scale to that, as you imagine. It's extremely right. time-consuming. You've got to do, you know, thousands and thousands of these, particularly utility poles, but also um, what, it, because now when they've moved in sort of 3G to 4G to 5G kind of technology for... A mobile, they put these mm. kind of small cells, which are these little boxes that you might have seen on the top right. of the sort the, the of the power balls. They're rolling those out everywhere. You know, like right, in the right. US, they might be doing a hundred thousand a year. <laughs> yeah. And and so when you're filing an application with the council or something, yes, we want to put one in on this street and that street and that street, and you do that 15,000 times, <laughs> it's extremely time consuming. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so what Ike's developed is this kind of platform where they go out, you know, it's automated, they take pictures, and then they say, yes, if we add this equipment on top, we don't need to, we do a quick analysis, yes, it will take it. Um, the, the, the The power pole is this many years old. It was constructed of this material, you know, is it wood, is it cement, is it this? Um, and we think it can withstand... Wins and, and all this kind of stuff, um, and it really speeds up the application process. You know, for for the councils and for the councils to review mm-hmm. it as well. Mm-hmm. Before they had to hire people that knew how to review this, the the analysis. Um, and we're hoping, and, and and that's what Ike is hoping as well, that this becomes becomes the standard platform, the standard way of analysing these power poles and mm-hmm. doing these applications.
1: That's really cool.
2: I, I, I am, again,
1: I'm flabbergasted by the nicheness of it, but I'm also flabbergasted by but just the, the, the innovative nature, right, the ingenuity to say, hey, I think there's a business here. I think we can do it better. I think we can actually improve things. And As you say, all of a sudden, utility companies say, well, hang on, why would we have people go and do this manually? And, and with the old systems, we can pay Ike whatever they get paid per power pole, per day, per week, per whatever, uh, to, to go and do this stuff for them. And you say, you know, what becomes very quickly, potentially a kind of system-wide um, de facto standard, right? Which, which in itself. Again, I, I'm still blown away by the fact there's, a, there's an industry for power photogra- photography and evaluation. But there you go, um, everyone. Someone's got to do it, right? It's, it's the things that happen in the background that make my telephone calls go through. So I'm glad they're there, uh, mate. So that's, that's a really nice summary of the business. I, I should correct you, by the way. It's not one of New Zealand's best businesses. It's one of Australasia's uh, best exports. Uh, it's important that we claim them in the spirit of Russell Crowe and Farlap and Pavlova, uh, mate. Uh, so so let, let's move on to. Well, come on, let's, let's, not, let's not kid. New Zealand think they're in them that you know. Haveovers ours, uh, sorry Kiwis. Uh, let's let's move on to the uh, to, to the investment case itself. So you, you've done a really nice summary of the business and why it exists, how it exists, what it does, and I appreciate that. I assume some of that informs part of the investment thesis, but not every great business is a great investment. Not every great investment is a great business either. By the way, um, but in this case, I assume you're going to tell me that Ike is both. Just share with me the investment thesis specifically.
2: Yes, so um, they've done a couple of acquisitions and sort of transformed the business model over the last couple of years. They've got this Ike, what they call Ike Analyze now. And this is really the key. Uh, I mean, the, the taking the pictures and sort of that kind of thing is is one aspect of the business, but then it really adds value when they can do the, the analysis, the structural analysis of the power poles, particularly on, the, on a scale. And... Um, I think that adds a lot of value to the clients, but it also is quite a profitable model. And, and as you sort of implied before, they do actually make revenue per transaction. So per poll analyzed, they make US 2 or $3. And that's kind of a self-service model. If you're if you're the customer and you want to use Ike's analyzed platform, you can do that. But you can also pay them to do the analysis for you, which can be up to $40 per poll. Wow, okay. It, it'll be interesting to to see kind of who does that, but you can you can sort of see why. So whether they have in-house engineers at the customer or not, um, if they do, it'll be simple. You know, you train them up. They learn how to use it. They punch it in. Yes, we're doing these applications, 2 or $3 per poll. If they don't or if it's a specific project or something, they might pay Ike to do it, and Ike is obviously going to be quite efficient. And we've actually seen that with kind of other software as well, People who develop software often have sort of in-house people that can, can do it for you, but they'll charge you a hefty premium or you can just license the software. So it's kind of a win-win there. Um, and so it's this combination of, you know, standard fees, for subscription fees to access the platform. So that's, that's a business that we love, particularly at Molly We've talked yep. a lot about these kind of businesses. Great margins, sticky, And then on top, you've got this kind of transaction component, and that's the bit that we expect to grow really significantly over the next five years as more customers are using it, but also um, there's a couple of structural tailwinds that are kind of in their favour.
1: So take me through some of those. I I assume this is largely a scaled game, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm making this wild assumption. I don't know the business anywhere near as much as you do which is me saying I don't know the business at all other than what you've told me. So uh, so I, I assume this is one of those things. If you take the, the photo of the poll, I assume you can then use that, sell that photo or rent that photo, lease that photo, uh, give access to it multiple times. Once it's there, I guess there's some sort of um, renewal process, but it feels to me like this is one of those scale stories where the cost is involved in the kind of setup and getting to a, a reasonable size and scope. But once you've done that, Kind of collect the you know clip the ticket you, there is some cost it's not quite pure software where you write it once and sell it to everybody but whatever that cycle is of renewing those those photos and that analysis kind of feels like it's a, it's a database a resource that then can be simply be tapped into over and over and over again. Am I getting close to to where the upside is here?
2: Yeah, absolutely um, and and the, the pure subscription business is like a lot of other software businesses it's got right. you know 90 plus percent gross margins <laughs> you know high retention and so forth. Mm. And then you've got the transaction business, which will come and go depending on the level of activity. And then you have some hardware as well. And they're selling, you know, the company some hardware to go and take the photos and so forth. Um, and, and that's kind of, you know, less recurring, less sticky, lower margin, but part of the complete picture. Um, but you're right in terms of scale. And if we look at that, that's one of the real things that uh, attracted me to the business originally. I had a look at the customer list. And, you know, a small New Zealand company operating in the US and it's literally the who's who of the US <laughs> telco right. space. Okay. You know, 11 of the top 15 companies there are in some form of negotiation and we're talking about um, the big cable companies that provide internet to people, Comcast, Charter and so forth. We're talking the big uh, phone companies, you know, AT&T, Verizon and we're also talking about the... Um, the tower companies that have the the telco infrastructure on them, Crown Castle. So Crown Castle sort of one of the first big companies to say the Ike Analyze platform is now our standard. This is the way that we do the analysis for that. So they signed that in July last year. And so for all pole related, as they call it, pole related 5G and fiber deployments, they'll be using the Ike Analyze platform to um take the photos and assess you know whether it's whether the the, the polls are structurally sound to add their infrastructure to and then do those applications to the, the relevant authorities. That's so telco I'm
1: still kind of blown away. Go on. Go on, keep going.
2: <laughs> Telcos is super impressive that the customer list they've got there. Hmm. And that's kind of the near-term sort of growth opportunity, particularly for the 5G deployment of course all these companies you know, the cable companies, the, the the mobile providers, they're rolling out 5G infrastructure, these small cells and also on the macro towers. That's going to happen in the next five years. And uh, I think that there's a sort of $250 million revenue opportunity there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, of course, it'll be component subscription and some transaction. And then the longer-term opportunity is utilities. This is a sort of massive, massive space mm-hmm. and they've obviously got a lot of towers a lot of poles sorry Um, and unfortunately a lot of sort of press both in Australia and in the US um, the bushfires that have caused by sort of structurally unsound um, utility poles sort of falling over and causing fires and so there's a lot of old infrastructure it's well publicised in the US there's sort of recent bills they want to ramp up infrastructure spending but there's a lot of Poles in particular that are 40, 50 years old you know, they're cracking, they're wearing, etc. And so the cost to use this kind of Arc platform makes a lot of sense to say, you know, we want to prevent, we want to maintain our infrastructure, we want to prevent bushfires from occurring, we want to prevent sort of accidents and those kind of things. Um, and so the longer op- longer term opportunity for Ike is to become the standard way of assessing those for the electric utilities as well.
1: That's a pretty, pretty big, pretty long runway, mate. From the sound of it, and it sounds like there's uh, they're going some way towards that path. And you mentioned kind of eleven of the top fifteen. 15- companies there and so they're in some form of negotiation how much of this has played out how much is still to go are we talking about a business that's going to grow slowly and steadily from here for many many years is it, is it a couple of step changes if they sign some big customers or get in new industries what is the what does the future look like in your mind for ike gps
2: yeah so i guess we'll start from sort of the last sort of 12 18 months has been a bit tough because mm. it's been difficult for these companies to get staff out on the out out yeah. the ground to you know actually implement new stuff, so they're not really that they haven't been as interested in saying yes, we want to use your platform, we want to do this analysis because yeah. even if we do, we can't get people out there to put the infrastructure in place. Um, and so you know, uh, last year I think they were running at one and a half, two million dollars a quarter kind of revenue, and then all of a sudden, the last couple of quarters it's up to five and a half, six million. So it's really bounced back quite well. Um, but still, that's quite a small company. We're talking about sort of $20, $25 million a year revenue yeah, yeah. As, a, as a run rate. Uh, you know, market cap's only 166. They recently did a capital raise. Um, but they say they're targeting this $250 million revenue opportunity in telcos <laughs> and about right. 750 in electric utilities. Um, so this is predominantly in the US, you know, is there opportunities to expand in other places? You would think Australia and New Zealand would be logical sort of mm. extensions, particularly the New Zealand base. But I think what if you're an investor, what you're looking for is whether it becomes the, the standard way of, of doing things in these sectors. Mm. And if so, uh, that subscription revenue should be incredibly sticky and it expands throughout the organisation because you might start with one or two people in a particular team they learn how to use it. They say, oh, you know, we've verified our calculations versus Ike's. It checks out. Uh, we found it really efficient. When we applied to this council to do 5,000 small cell deployments, it was really easy. We got our permits through. If that is does happen, all of a sudden expands through the team, expands through the organisation mm-hmm. and becomes that, that way of doing, doing stuff, you know, the, the way that AutoCAD became the design sort of platform. It's not going to be Auto I mean, AutoCAD is an enormous business, enormous industry. This is on a much smaller scale, but I, I think given the size of the business today and the opportunity it has in front of it, um, it's a pretty good sort of risk-reward.
0: Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener.
1: Mate, um, take us to the risks then. We always, when we give a recommendation to our members, uh, we always make the bull case. That's why we're recommending it. We think the company is worth owning. We won't get everyone right, of course, but on balance, we we recommend those companies we think have the best chance of beating the market over the long term. But we always make sure we include a risk section because every company has its risks. There are things that can go wrong with every investment thesis. There are reasons why we might reconsider. recommendation, maybe move to hold or sell uh, depending on circumstances. When it comes to Ike GPS, what are some of the risks that are on your radar that you're looking out for, either as reasons to sell or maybe
2: reasons to reassess the valuation? Yeah, sure. Uh, I I think the main main risk is that um, at the moment, the the business is sort of break even, loses a little bit of money. Um, And it's done capital raises, I think, the last five years. And they're pretty substantial. Uh, did one back uh, last month, and it was around fifteen percent of the market cap. So, and, and, and kind of, it's the, the adoption, the rate of adoption, is the real problem here. Mm-hmm. You know, even if they have a great product, you know, so the, the pandemic, and then also inertia within these organisations. You know, they're big organisations that sometimes move a bit more slowly, um, while. Uh, those those things are moving slowly, it's still losing a bit of money and you're going to have some dilution along the way. Mm. Um, and it also potential to let in competition. So competition is definitely the big risk. Mm. You know They have a good position, great customer base, um, mm. good proposition. However, when there's attractive markets, there's always an opportunity that people move into yep. it. And there's definitely an opportunity for other software providers, you know, if they're uh, GIS mapping or something like that, that can sort of move in to this space, that's that's definitely a big risk. And, of course, uh, a couple of key people, given the size of the business, you know, chief mm. technology officer and so forth, you know, if they lost some some key staff members, that uh, that's definitely something to keep an eye on.
1: Nice. Yeah, that is, that is the challenge with small businesses, right? The, uh, the the key person risk, and even just the the sheer competition. The market's wide open, and and if they can commit and and win that market, then there's obviously a lot of money to be made. But while the market's as open, there's plenty of opportunity for competitors as well. And you figure someone in the industry is looking around saying, "Hey, well, we could be there before them, or we could be there as well as them." And every bite that's taken by someone else's bite, you can't necessarily take. Or you've got to try and win off them, uh, which gets difficult. I assume to some degree, though, scale is the best. Uh, defense against that. By the time you're a reasonable size and scale, and you've been adopted by a certain number of, of players, it just really makes it harder for someone else to go and effectively overlay everything you're doing. They got to take photos of the same poles or or whatever. I guess you'd be geographically um, distinct potentially, but I, I
2: assume it is a bit of a, a bit of an arms race, a bit of a land grab right now. Yeah, so that's that's the real thing that I, I think is you know quite an early stage company, but. I've got the feeling that if they're going to be successful in the next you know two or three years, then really they'll be very, very successful. Yeah. Right. And it, it, it as you say, it's definitely a scale game, but it's also just getting the customers and the other parties that interact with them getting used to it. Yeah. You know, if you're a you know a planning authority or something and you're used to seeing engineering sort of plans come in and you, you know how to read them and tick them off and that kind of <sighs> stuff. And then it takes you a while to adjust to the the, IC, the the report format and, yes, I verified 27 of the 30 and they all checked out so I'm used to mm-hmm. doing that. If then someone else came in and said, oh, we've got this other platform which we also use or, you know, we've decided to use instead, it's it's, it's less interesting and, and sort of mm. difficult to get people to do that. So I think once they're in and the customers are used to using it, all their employees are used to it, that All the bodies that they interact with are used to it. I think that's when you say, "Yeah, this is um, this is a pretty special business."
1: Yeah, nice. It feels a bit like uh, the cloud accounting revolution. You know, everyone uses their own desktop accounting software, and and you get one chance to make a change. When everyone says, "This is ridiculous," I'll throw out the shoebox. I'll not not load the five and a quarter floppies on my on my hard drive anymore. I'll use the cloud and make that work. You make that one change to zero or MyOB or Reckon or Intuit or something else. Once you've done that. There's less obvious reason than change from there to someone else's competitive solution because they're all much of a match. Right, the big step is making that change in the first instance to something like iGPS. Like Once you've done that, do you bother changing again? Well, the upside is clearly less obvious and and less worth the hassle, as you say. If there's a lot of ingrained usage among the, the partners that use that, um, it's, it's often more of a hassle. And trying to get some convince someone to use something different is, is its own problem, I suppose. Right.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've, I've made that change recently on accounting software and I'm, I'm very, happy in, very happy in the cloud. There you but go, well it is, it, and it's even more the case here, I think, because you know, yeah. those situations might be a small business or something, but this is, you're, you're teaching yeah, right. you know, 100,000 right, right, people right. or something to use the same thing <laughs> and sort of yeah. redeploying that throughout these organizations is extremely time consuming and, and mm. the, the rate of change is very slow.
1: Obviously, you like the stock. Is a recommendation of ours. I should ask you: Do you own the shares yourself?
2: I don't. I've been debating it uh, with my recent <laughs> paycheck, so I haven't. I haven't, but I'm still thinking about it. There you go. Well, you're locked out for
1: at least the next two days under our trading rules. Unfortunately,
2: Drew. Sorry about that. Uh, but I just wanted
1: to ask for that, that disclosure as we go. Mate, give us the elevator pitch. Why should our listeners and viewers consider buying shares in Ike GPS? Sure.
2: So Ike has the opportunity to become the digital way of analysing utility poles in the same way that there's been other digital changes in the civil engineering industry. It's got a great list of customers in a couple of enormous sectors in the US with a couple of really strong tailwinds over the next five or 10 years, particularly as the telcos roll out 5G and fibre. The business model is really attractive, particularly with the subscription-based business. And if it gets ingrained in the way that these organisations do business, it could, it could become the standard way of doing business over the next sort of 10 years.
1: Beautiful. There you have it, Phyllis. Thank you, Drew, for your thorough summary of a business I had not heard anywhere near enough about, one of Australasia's brightest businesses, I'm now going to call it. Um, if you are looking to get more from The Motley Fool, we are all over the socials. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you check out our two podcasts these days, Motley Fool Money, where you'll hear their, this episode, and the Good Oil with Scott Phillips, and yes, I don't like name-checking myself in that. That's what the boffins decided to call it. So, The Good Oil with Scott Phillips is what the podcast called. Check that one out if you're listening to it on the Motley Fool Money podcast. Thank you. Make sure you do check out The Good Oil and our YouTube channel. Just simply look under Go to YouTube and search for The Motley Fool Australia. Pretty straightforward. And Drews tells me he's not on the socials, so I've got a lot of work to do. I have a disturbing number of my uh, my colleagues who are not yet on Twitter. So you'll have to make do with me. And the Motley Fool's corporate account on Twitter and Insta. So if you're on Twitter or Insta, I'm at TMF Scott Pete, same handle there. Or the Motley Fool Australia is at the Motley Fool AU, pretty straightforward. If you're on Facebook, and who's not these days, I'm slash Scott Phillips Money, so Facebook.com slash Scott Phillips Money. And the Motley Fool page is simply slash the Motley Fool Australia. That's pretty straightforward. We do want to hear from you. Please do follow us on the socials so you get all the good stuff, including this Stock of the Week video and podcast by keeping an eye on us and making sure you are subscribed to the podcast feed. And if you are on YouTube, by the way, don't forget to hit that notification bell uh, because, well, subscribe first and hit the notification bell. That way, when the new episodes pop up, your computer or phone will alert you to the episode, which is ready and raring. Drew, thanks again for sharing your view and your thorough understanding of Ike GPS. It's one I'm going to have a much closer look at as a result. So thank you personally for that and on behalf of our viewers and our listeners. And of course, until next time, fool
0: on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under Financial Services License 400691.
1: Listener.